0: Oh, yeah. To another episode of the United Spurs of America podcast, joined by another your host one. as always, Michael with Jacob, f- coming to you live right after post match. Burnley won, Tottenham nil. Um, Tottenham dropped burn, three points at Turf Moor. Burn. Ben me scores in it, the 71st minute at Turf Moor. And Burnley move up into 18th place in the Premier League table. Tottenham had a chance to move. Well, I don't know about move up. Um, could have leaped forward over Wolves, I guess. Um, in back into seventh place, they drop all three points. Tottenham are still in eighth in the Premier League. And Jacob, we we just had positive vibes on the last podcast. Yeah. Like every everything yeah, was good. -hmm. We just beat the league leaders on the Mm -hmm. road. Harry Kane, world class. He's back. Burnley won Tottenham nil at Turf Moor, my friend. Disappointing, to say the least.
1: Disappointing to me is an understatement. Um, I believe Liverpool smashed Leeds as well. So six nil. Six last I saw was four. Jesus. I saw it was 4-0. like, after our game, I was already feeling shitty. I didn't want to watch that either. So yeah, man, it's it's pretty clear who who's fighting for the title and who's fighting to stay alive. Burnley's clearly fighting to stay alive. Um, they're bottom of the table. What I find most unfortunate from a Spurs perspective is exactly that. We just beat the team who, before we gave them an L, everyone thought they were going to run away with the title. There was... You know, it, it was in their hands. And now it's it's looking a little bit more like a race, thanks to us. And then we, what, four days later, go and lose to the team at the bottom of the table. It's just, uh, one moment you're touching the stars, my friend. The next,
0: you're licking mud off your boots. You know, the one thing that I was thinking about when the full-time whistle blew and Burnley were awarded all three points, I pictured just... Bear with me here, all the viewers and you, Jacob, all the listeners. Picture a a flat field just in the middle of just rolling plains in the middle of America, grass. And then in the middle of that grass is a big hole. And at the bottom of that hole, I would say it's about 20 feet deep. It's pretty deep. It's a pretty deep hole. At the bottom of that hole is a cockerel on a ball that is where we are right now not only do you picture a a cockerel and a ball at the bottom of the hole but also a shovel because we are literally digging ourselves deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole we had two three four games in hand on the teams around us in the top four race my friend we are we are level in games with with wolves now and Arsenal now have a game at hand on us. And there's still three points ahead of us as well in the Premier League table. Like we Not had a to mention a golden, their goal differential as well. Exactly. And we had a perfect opportunity to capitalize on what seemed like some really good momentum now in the league. Just beat the league leaders, defending champs on the road. Now let's capitalize. Let's get another gritty. We knew it was gonna be a, a gritty performance. Regardless of no of, of the result, that weather was no. Exactly, joke. it was a it was a cold, rainy, windy, really, really windy. You could hear it on the broadcast night um, at Turf Moor, and you just knew the kind of result or performance that 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 was to come. It was going to be a one nil to either Burnley or Tottenham. Unluckily and unfortunately, it was Burnley who got all three points today. But it just seems like time and time again, man. We don't capitalize on really, really good situations that we're in. We were very fortunate to have those games in hand. We seemed like we were in a decent position heading into the second half of the season. And now we look at ourselves in the table, 24 games played, eighth place with 39 points. Mm -hmm. Four losses in our last five games in the league. It's not good enough, man. It's not good enough. Certainly not to make top four. It's
1: definitely poor. And I think we are all kind of being very positive in the sense of like hoping for top four. Um, but for me, there's just so many games that are going to stand out at the end of the season when we're starved for points and we're like, why can't we do this? Why aren't we able to pull this through? I mean, the first three that come to my head, Southampton wolves, and now Burnley, you know, we can reminisce and talk about all the bad games that we have, you know, with Nuno when we went on that losing streak, uh, with all these other games, uh, the loss against Chelsea, excuse me, uh, that Antonio Conte had. So we I mean we can look at those games and say, yeah, you know, we could have won, should have won maybe if we played harder, if we played better, etc. But when you look at especially these three games and you can even throw in the the draw against Southampton earlier, when you look at those games, to me that's automatic 3 points. Maybe I'm stupid because I fucking believe that this team when you when i look at the 11s basically i'm looking at the 11 right now of burnley and spurs and i'm getting angry because i look at this and i say even our worst players could get in their 11. we should not be losing to these kinds of teams same thing with southampton with wolves you could argue wolves is having an outstanding season under bruno law whatever his name is bruno whatever Large, large lodge I'm just saying that for me, man, it is so frustrating. It is it is hurtful, um, but also I feel like everyone had it in the back of their fucking mind. All after after we won Man City, everyone kept saying, "If we lose that Burnley game, this this win don't mean shit." Yeah. I want to I want to speak real quick, if you don't mind, on that on that mindset because Stelios has said it. I've seen it from numerous accounts on Twitter, etc., saying, you know. This win doesn't mean shit if we go and lose to Burnley, and we did that. Okay, but the one thing I will say in regards to all that is that loss today it doesn't take away how that made me feel. It didn't take away those memories. It doesn't take away those scenes. It doesn't take away uh, the points, the stats. It doesn't take away any of that. Yes, it is a loss. I will say it's not meaningless. The Man City win, and if you're trying to tell me it's meaningless, like I just think. Uh, never mind. I won't even dive into points are points. Yeah, points are points. Exactly. Points are points. We should have won. There's exactly like I said, three to four games that you can look at that is like that is three points you have to get, and we got yeah. one out, one point out of those four. So I don't understand. The, the argument also was, oh, we play so well against teams in the bottom half, but not teams in the top half, and then we reversed it. We we flipped it and reversed it once again, <laughs> and we we just can't we can't ever seem to. I don't understand, man. It's so frustrating. Shit. I do got to say, though, that weather, the wind, the rain, it was coming down.
0: Yeah. I would be uncomfortable just being in it, let alone playing footy. So The players were soaked about five minutes into the match. That's how bad it was. Anytime they cut to the... Entire jerseys, entire kits, like shirt and shorts, drenched. About as drenched as my undies were on Saturday. But, yeah, man, I... It just seems like a missed opportunity. You know what I mean? Like you you, you had a really good chance to build on something and, and we squandered it. But, you know, we, we, we have to move on because up next we have leads on the road at Elland Road. Um, they did get smashed today 6-0, but regardless, man. They're going to be looking to answer to that. Yeah. Uh, we Every we, time we we leads has gotten up.
1: smashed like that, they either get smashed again or they answer uh so I really hope we don't continue doing what we're doing right now, which is helping these bottom half teams get a little more comfy out of relegation.
0: We uh fielded the same eleven as uh the man city fixture bro, so no that, changes in the, in the side. I was
1: excited. I was fucking excited seeing the eleven because I was, oh, this is the group that smashed city. Let's go.
0: Yeah, is it the weather? bro? Uh, only thing I can think of is gotta be the weather. It it was weird because at the beginning of the match, um, like I would say within the first five minutes, it looked like we were just going to be all over Burnley. We had I think two chances real quick within the first two minutes of the game, mm-hmm. and then there was a good twenty, good twenty twenty five minute period where it was just all Burnley, where they were creating all the chances. We were it looked like we were just trying to sit deep, um, you know, just. You know, pretty much absorb the pressure and hopefully catch them on the counter. And then to end the half, we played brilliantly. I thought we were creating chances. We were we were pressing them really really high as well. Um, it looked like we were we were going to score. It it kind of it kind of made me feel that way at least. Um, that hopefully we were going to score, get a a, a lucky or or hopefully you know a world class goal to end the half and then go one 0 up heading into the break. Come back out. Close out the game, um, regardless if it's 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. Just try to get a result, um, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it, it that, that's not how it ended up playing out. Um, no goals within the first 45. And then in the 71st minute, um, Ben Mee did score a, a header um, to open the scoring, and, and that ended up being the only goal of the match. So it was uh it was unfortunate, man, because it, it felt like we had some really, really good periods of, of, of play. And... I thought we were dominant for most of the match as well, especially in the second half. I thought we had a really good response once again. Back-to-back matches where I thought we played much better in the second half rather than the um versus the first, but unfortunately it just it didn't go our way today. What about you? What were your what were your thoughts on that? I completely agree from the eye test. That's how I felt. It,
1: the first two chances that we had and quickly quickly when the game started, I thought oh, we're going to see the same high-flying team that we've seen.
0: It, I texted you after our first chance of the match, like literally within the first <laughs> minute, and I was bro. like, we we literally look like we just picked up right where we left off at the end of the City match. Like, you know, we, we were creating chances. We were applying prime pleasure, uh, pleasure, pressure to City, and to start out the game against Burnley, it, it felt that exact same way. Literally, I had the exact same vibes as the end of the City game, to the beginning of this burnley game and then after what the first five minutes it, it just completely changed and burnley were on the front foot and they were creating chances and then it was just kind of a back and forth affair from so
1: there. maybe my theory about the weather could be true because if you, like you said after about 10 minutes i would say even yeah five seven minutes we looked uninterested and about that time is when you could start seeing everyone's nips through the shirt so for me there could be something to it, bro. The weather. Also, I thought it was really unfortunate what happened with Bentancur. Man got what looked like initially. It looked like he got his ankles broken and stolen and hijacked and then put up for sale on the black market. Uh, but instead, it looked like he took a little slip. And honestly, I texted you saying that surely looks like a hip dislocation. Like, what else could that be? Man, Man carried on, finished out the half. Should he have? I don't know. But he did, and I mean, even looking at the stats, it's it's strange because you see how well we did versus City when we had like 29% possession. This game, we had 66% possession, and it really didn't even feel like that, though. You know what I'm saying? Anytime we had the ball, it felt frantic. Anytime we were, were, were starting to make moves, it was just that one extra touch or a second too long with a pass, and... We, we would get the ball taken away from us. I thought we'd turn the ball over quite a bit. And, you know, again, I try to be sympathetic to these things. you got to put in the human factor, the weather factor. Uh, I think some of these things are naturally going to happen when it, when yeah. you have that kind of a game setting for between two teams. Especially Burnley is a hard place to go. Turf Moor is a, ter- a tough place. Um, but still unacceptable. Again, you look at this 11 versus their 11. The only person I would take would probably be that Weghorst guy. Weghorst, whatever his name is. Yeah, well, I'd take Weghorst. him as like a back yeah, I'd take him as a backup to Harry Kane. So I don't see anyone that I would even I guess Ben Me I didn't realize he was good, but apparently he's good. It's unacceptable, man. Unacceptable. Uh I thought a lot of players at moments showed like really cool things, really good things that I was excited to talk about. Especially Christian Romero, he was every fu- he was everywhere. Um, unfortunately, it was his man who got the header on that no. set piece. and for no. whatever reason, we as a team are fucking cursed on set pieces. Do you uh, want go uh, some good
0: saves too so do you want to go ahead and just dive into the to the back line then?
1: Uh, I thought Eric Dyer looked great. I thought he looked solid. Um, I thought he did most of his work pretty tidy uh ben davies looked a little frazzled but he didn't stand out as like a eyesore Mm -hmm. that's the thing is like i don't think we necessarily played a shitty game we just had shitty moments and moments where we should have done something good ended up doing something not good yeah i I would
0: describe like i would just say we looked like meh you know what i mean that's what i'm saying bro think about it think about any time you've ever been at work right
1: remember when we worked with fcd all right when it was cold as shit and it was rainy you didn't want to be out there you know what i'm saying like you didn't want to be out there cold fingers all numb i remember there was a preseason game we were doing once it was so cold the wind chill was so cold i couldn't feel my hands about half time mm-hmm. you know th- th- those are games you're not interested in to me that's that's what it looked like is that an excuse hell no uh, I'm just trying to make sense of it so I can actually go to sleep tonight.
0: Yeah, it, like I said at the beginning of the of the epi, it just sucks because we had such positive vibes on the last podcast and we were looking forward to this Burnley match as kind of that next stepping stone and hopefully like a sort of like a leap pad to propel us hopefully with a, a lot of good momentum heading into these next road matches, not only in the Premier League but. We still have the FA Cup um, looming in the distance, and then in the, in the uh, next two games. So uh, it, it was just a perfect opportunity um, to build on that Man City performance, and you know the back line. I thought they they weren't bad. You know what I mean? Like I thought Dyer was good, like you were talking about. Romero had some really really good moments. There was a few in the first half and in the second half. Um, but there was one where he absolutely bodied Jay Rodriguez, um, when he was trying to make a run, um, absolutely clattered him, but it was, it was a clean tackle, um, got all ball. Romero was a tank, man. It was just unfortunate, the the positioning that he had because on on the goal that Ben Mee scored for Burnley, he, he kind of came into the left-hand side of the box and and made a, a late run and, and just, you know got ahead to it and ended up going into the back of the net. But Romero was tracking back, looking at the ball the entire way. I don't mm-hmm. think he realized how close Ben Mee was behind him. So unfortunately he didn't jump quickly or down. soon enough to where he did, he just didn't get to the ball high enough before Ben Mee. And, and that's why it went into the back of the net. So it was both unfortunate, but also I think he's got to have a little bit more of positional awareness and defensive awareness when you know, you got to take into account the people that are making those late runs into the the backside of the box, especially on set pieces. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so, other than that, man, I thought Romero was good. I thought he was good again.
1: Watching that that goal back when when they played it in slow motion, honestly, I think what you're saying played into it because I feel like if he knew how close Ben Me was to him, he wouldn't have started crouching down. Because if you watch the replay, he starts he starts going down like he's He's getting ready to hit the ball low at a lower point, and I think Ben Me just went right over the top of him and bodied him. And it's unfortunate because he was having a hell of a game. He was big dicking it, and he he got dunked on. Quite frankly, yeah, he did. I have to call high C. I love Christian Romero. He's our he's our best defender by far. I mean, you can just see it. You watch any fucking game that he's played with us with Antonio Conte. He's our best defender. Um, I thought Emerson Royale for what it's worth outside of some shitty moments. He looked promising He looked a little frazzled. I will say he looked a little uncomposed Young kid playing again the weather bro. I'm saying like if I'm a your Brazilian cat You think you want to be playing out in the English rain and cold?
0: Fuck, I thought man. it was it was a more or less a typical Emerson performance, but one of his better ones if if you will like mm-hmm he was good when tracking back and he had some good moments going forward, but he never produced like that final ball or that decisive pass to, you know, find a Harry Kane or a Hyunmin Sun or um, even a Hoiber or Benton Corps who were sometimes making forward runs. Hell even Romero at some point, um, some points in the, in the match were making forward runs as well. But I just felt like that final ball, the final touch it just wasn't there once again with Emerson, but other than that, he played fine. I thought, and I think you could literally record the last thirty seconds of how I described how he played, and you could play that back. I would say six out of 10 ma- uh, six out of every ten matches, um, as far as his performance goes. It was just kind of a normal ish I mean, Emerson performance. Times. Yeah, he
1: he he did lose the ball fifteen times, so as, as up there and as far as the team numbers go statistically and two clearances one tackle he got dribbled past or he dribbled past three times but i think to your point i agree that there just seems like he he's a little too frazzled in that last little bit that he's got to stay composed and i thought he was going to i thought that he was going to show us something something special when he when he chopped it and took it on his left foot outside the box yeah unfortunately it sailed over the bar but you know I feel bad. I feel I, I kind of feel bad because honestly, uh, I know we're going to talk about more in depth later, but this might be a good segue into the midfield slash attackers because once we started seeing some substitutions, Kulusevsky at that right wing back, Memora at that right wing back, who knows? There's some questions to be asked, but I don't know, man. Just disappointing. I thought Ben Tenkor after his injury, he didn't play the same. He didn't run or move or pass the same. I think he was definitely definitely playing uh injured. Hoybier, I thought he was I thought he was working his ass off. I thought his work rate was pretty high. Yeah. Uh I thought he was disrupting a little bit and especially in the second half, I, there was two different occasions where he came out with the ball when I didn't think he should or would have. Um but then again, you can say that about the Burnley Cats cuz there was a couple times I don't know who it was. It was number 17 or number 11 and they, it just seemed like the ball was attached to their foot by a string. You know what I'm saying? It just, like, kept bouncing their way. I don't know what it
0: was. Yeah. It's not our day, man. Just not our day. No, it definitely wasn't. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and, and talk about the midfield. So, um, Hoybier and, and Benton were once again, uh, the center midfielder partnership um, with Sonny and Kuliszewski, respectively, in front of those two. Um but, yeah, man, let's go ahead and get into the midfield. I'll have you go ahead and, and start it off for us. What were your overall thoughts on uh, the two center mids? And then I guess we'll talk about Kuliszewski as well um, when he did move to a right wing back position when um, Emerson came off for Lucas Moura, I believe it was. Yes. Uh, so,
1: yeah, like I was saying earlier, I thought Ben Tencourt he didn't look the same. He came off, then Winks came for the second half. Uh, yeah. I thought Winks was unimpressive. Typical Harry Winks-type performance, playing safe, trying to pass I, the ball back. I think
0: the, the substitution at halftime when Benton Core came off for Winks, I I don't know how you felt, but for me, I got the feeling that maybe it was either um, he was either just wasn't feeling um, good enough to, to play after that maybe hip-slash-leg-slash-back injury that he sustained when he slipped in the first half. And then the other part of me was thinking maybe he's getting tired and, and maybe fatigue was a, a factor just because we have another game on Saturday and it's an early kick as well. Um, so maybe just normal rotation. But I thought it was kind of weird that when I saw Winks, um, you know, warming up when we were approaching the the start of the second half, I was kind of confused as to why um, he was coming in. And I figured it was going to be Benton core because maybe he, he picked up it the injury was just too much for him to keep going on. But um what what were your thoughts on that situation
1: i definitely 100% if i was putting my money on it would say it's because he was injured and not a fatigue rotational thing i think it's It's uh, unfortunate man i mean when when your physios take a deeper look at something rather than just quickly examining you on the field making sure you're physically able to go when they get a better look at you halftime they can say better hey if you keep playing on this it's just going to further set you back and at that point Antonio Conte has got to say you know what The future of this team needs him more than this game needs him, Uh, which you could argue one way or the other. For me, uh, Ben Tenkor stays out there. I mean, you saw it. The guy was not – Winks was warming up immediately when he went down. For me, it's definitely, definitely 100,000% that he was hurt and the physios advised probably that – this is all speculation, of course, but that's what I'm going to say is I think the physios were probably like, you know what? Might not be a good idea to keep going, you know, watch that replay back. You see that. Shit, your adrenaline can only carry you for so long, and those conditions were not conducive to a to an injury like that, especially your hips, bro. You yeah. saw the way he got splayed out like that. That was scary looking. So I'm, I was glad to see him carry on. So that makes me think that he can play this weekend, hopefully. We'll see, of course. But, you know, I just don't know what's going on with Skip, you know. Where is he – is he dealing with that – was it a groin issue? Did he have surgery on a groin? Yeah, it was a groin injury. I, really, I was really hoping to see a Bentencore and Skippy. Um, but still, the Viking remains the only midfielder who can stay healthy, I guess, and play consistent.
0: I, I saw a stat on Twitter, at whoever the fuck, shout out um, shout on out. Twitter, our reliable source, that Bentencore Uh, missed three days through injury in those however many years at juventus and he's been here three weeks and there's already speculation that he's injured it's just like bruh, our luck i'm sure the word will come out tomorrow
1: we'll hear something uh there is well i'll wait till we finish out the 11 but i want to read you something once we're done with that that is a little quote from antonio conte
0: then let's just go ahead and get into the attack and then um we can just move on and Look ahead to leads i guess you guess you say it's so distraught it's just so downtrodden oh, it's just so depressing man being a tottenham fan yes so yes
1: yes it is but but out of the attacking three i'm saying it bro youngman Son was our best um i thought creatively harry kane had the had some really great creative passes. When you look at the numbers, I think they're a little misleading as far as Harry Kane's numbers. His passing percentage uh, was 63%, whereas Youngman son's was, I believe, 90 Yeah, 90%. Watching it, though, I thought Harry Kane's passing was very sublime. And I, I saw a tweet from someone already asking, was Harry Kane just trying to show off versus City, or does he actually care? And if you watched the game today, you can tell he cares. Again, one of our brightest players out there. He was tracking back, creating in the midfield. He was trying very hard. You could tell Harry Kane cares. So I'm not hearing none of that bullshit. And you know me. If I hear it, I'll, I'll call it out. I'm not afraid to say what's what about Harry Kane either. Um, but I thought he was playing his ass off. Again, yeah. the conditions. Uh, I hate to keep coming back to that, but like, if he's not interested and it's under those conditions, he's going to play way worse. He's going to do a lot less for the team. He was working for the team today um he was dropping deep a lot especially at the end of the first half that to me says something's not working in our midfield anytime harry kane's dropping that deep something's not working in our midfield and i really believe it's because once ben Tencor picked up that injury he wasn't playing the same and then in the second half it's because we had harry winks out there you need your best players playing at their best and in their best positions harry kane's phenomenal in the midfield his passing's phenomenal we need him taking us i think at one point i texted you i said if i'm harry kane at this point in the game you just gotta start shooting you really just gotta start shooting and just letting it fly because clearly there's there there was some kind of miscommunication between him and Sonny today we could see it it was obvious there was a time Sonny, i believe should have played harry kane in and then there was another time that uh harry kane passed it where he i think thought son it was either a bad pass or he passed it where he thought son was going and son was actually going in the opposite direction, uh, and those were both in the second half. But Kulisevsky as well, he he showed some bright things. I think we have a hell of a player on our hands. I think once he starts to you know shed a little bit more of that Italian pasta, I think we're going to really have something dangerous. Uh, very unlucky, man. That that finesse curler was oh, so was close, beautiful. bro. It was beautiful. so close. Uh, so he got really unlucky there. But I thought he was bright as well. the only knock i have on the guys i wish he was a little faster he's doing something right you know what i'm saying like plenty of guys are plenty fast but that doesn't mean that they're doing all the right things or they're mentally where they should be and i think this guy for being so young so fucking young to play how maturely he plays especially in the final third i mean it was impressive it's impressive and then we saw him play a little bit right wing back too so that, that opens a lot that was the door for a lot more questions.
0: We, we definitely didn't think he was going to have this much of an impact so quickly um, in the team. And obviously that's that's a good thing because that means he's doing something right. And he is. He was creating a lot of opportunities out there. He's just a lot more dangerous, in my opinion, on the wing than Lucas or Bergvine have been um, recently in the past for us. He He likes to cut inside um, at certain points. and we obviously know that he likes to favor that left foot. But the, the creativity that he has and the ability to turn some, turn something out of nothing um, is what makes the difference between him and the and the other players that you could put at that right wing position in my opinion. Um, it just seems like he has a much more of an eye and, and much more of an attacking instinct for a final third type of player and forward um, if you will and then he's also a a really good player at tracking back Um, his work rate's very very good and he's he's just your typical Antonio Conte engine styled player like he's going to work hard for you he's going to run around a lot and if you ask him to he will track back and we saw a lot of that when he was both at the right wing position and then when he got moved to the right wing back position as well late in the second half I agree I completely agree with you I think we have a special player on our hands and hopefully he'll be making um, much more of an impact moving forward. But um, for me, I actually thought he was our our best attacker. Um, I know you said Son. I'm gonna go ahead and say Kulizevsky. And I thought Harry Kane was was he played pretty good as well. In my opinion, I thought he was um, he was fine. Could he have put some chances away, or maybe could have been deeper into the box? Yeah, there were some moments. Um, I think it was Sessignon had a really good moment in, in the second half where he made a run to the left-hand side of the box and rolled a beautiful ball, um, beautiful weighted ball across the, the face of goal. And unfortunately, no one was there to, uh, to put it away into the back of the net. But, um, you know, the attackers played fine. They just didn't play good enough, you know, obviously to win the game, unfortunately, but for me, well, my, my reason I, I,
1: real quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, but my reason I just want to say the why I said Hyung-min son for me was our best attacking player because there's I know you got your old schools, your your eye test versus your statisticals. I like statisticals almost sound like statisticals. Um <laughs> your statisticals. I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm I'm right there at the gooch area. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I I look at this, Youngman's son lost possession six times. He lost it six times uh mr kane
0: mr. coming kane, to you live from the Gooch area jacob Wallraven.
1: mr kane <laughs> lost possession 15 times Kulizevsky lost possession 16 times so 16 and 15 that's 31 times between them two Hillman's he- son lost it six times there was the worst thing i say about young son there was a chance man he could have really played harry kane hit triangle if you're playing fifa and harry kane was in cock rocket uh, scenes I think it was that, the first half, but yeah. That was first half? I think so. He, mi- he no. missed that. And I mean, he didn't miss many passes, um, but he didn't take that pass. So I was going to say, actually, that but he didn't take the pass. That's the point I'm trying to say. He should have pat- yeah. played in Harry Kane there, and he didn't. And he kind of dribbled around, but it's just unfortunate. Very much unfortunate that that was, that was a turnout. But, yeah, dude, I, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to, bad to say about Kulzevski other than I know i'm gonna annoy you by saying this if he was a little bit faster Dejan, dan Dean dian kulzevsky if he was a little bit pacier had a little bit more less italian pasta i'll put it uh man there was two different chances where i felt like he if he has a little bit more pace he could get to that you know what i'm saying but do i think uh burk mora put in the same quality of a shift in a 90 minute span that he has been I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it. And they've been here longer. I've seen it from Lucas Mora, where he's had good games, but he's very spotty. You know what I'm saying? This guy seems to be pretty consistent at being solid. Now I just want to see some more growth. I want to see some a little bit more uh, from from Dian, Dian, Dian Yeah, did, was there anything else you wanted to talk about on the attack? If he was a little bit faster, I mean, shit. When I read this quote, it sounds suspect, and I just want to know what your opinions are, okay? It's from Football Daily on Twitter, from at whoever the fuck. It says, the players are always the same. The club changes the coaches. The players are the same, but the result doesn't change. I'm too honest to accept this situation. When you read that, I don't know. I think I may have to listen to that and make a final decision, but when I read that, that doesn't read very well to me. But again, could this just be uh, the the barrier, the English barrier that we saw uh,
0: earlier? Whenever they were trying I think to say he's that, he's just putting pressure on the board to bring in new players. Yeah, and he's just a disappointed manager coming off of a tough defeat. I wouldn't read too much into it. That's fair. You know me.
1: I, when I get when you give me a sentence or two to read, I'll read into it. Yeah. No, I think we'll be all right, man. And Antonio Conte, I fucking love the guy. Like, we need to back him this next window. Um, I know there's also something, before we move on to leads, there's another thing I want to ask you. And I already know my answer, and it's going to be weird. But when you hear FA Cup or top four, I remember you guys kind of talked about it on the live stream with Tottenham away.
0: Um, what would you choose and why? FA Cup? because i've been a fan since 2014 and i have yet to see tottenham raise a trophy i'd rather win the fa cup i'd rather see glory than profit when i'm asked this question what i
1: what i ask in return is why not both yeah why not both why not get champions league and some damn silverware but i if i have to choose gun to my head i'm with you and i say fa cup but I don't believe the two are mutually exclusive. So, but that was also something I had thought about, you know, after the Man City game. Not necessarily. I don't know, but maybe we just put all our chips in FA Cup at this point. I was just wondering if that changes any answers, you know. I'm curious if that does if this we result fight changes. for both.
0: We have to fight for both. I They're agree. equally important. Yeah, equally important. But I'd rather lift the trophy than see profit. Very true, because we're not going to see any of that money mm we're not. Um, so, yeah, we do have Leeds this Saturday. Um, it's an early kickoff. I believe it's a 12.30 kick UK time, um, 5.30 a.m. here in uh, the United States Mountain Standard Time and 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, but regardless, man, it's going to be a tough match. Another road game in the uh, Premier League for Tottenham at Elland Road against Leeds United. They're coming off of a tough 6-0 drubbing against Liverpool. Um, they did suffer at the hands of the title challengers from Anfield. But um, yeah, man, what are your overall thoughts heading into this game? It's uh, Now, obviously, it looks like a must-win. Obviously, every game in Premier League is, is, uh, is a must-win when you want three points and looking at standings. But even now, after this Burnley performance, got to get three points this weekend. Have to. It is
1: one thousand percent imperative that we get three points. If we do not get three points versus Leeds at Ellen Road in Yorkshire, Yorkshire, if we don't, I'll never say that we're getting top four for the rest of the season. I'll say the first game next season, though. You know me, but I won't say it again for the rest of the season if we don't go. Ellen Road is a hard place to go and get points at. I understand. We are more quality side. Also, they've given up 56 goals. 56. I'm looking. No one, no one has conceded more goals than Leeds United this season. To me, Harry Kane hat trick. Youngman son hat trick. We gotta have it.
0: Gotta have it. Someone needs some Hatties. We need some Hatties out here. To be honest, man, like just my overall like feeling around the club is if. Harry Kane and Hyunmin Son don't pull something out of their ass or do something magical. I, I would say like eight out of ten times we either draw or lose. It just kind of it just feels it, it's gotten to that point. If if one of them doesn't score or assist, I I don't think that we win. But it's gonna be tough, man. Another another road match in the Premier League, um, and it's right before a tough FA Cup match against Middlesbrough as well. It's, it's unfortunate that we're in this position just because this Burnley match did get rescheduled and it did happen to be an away match. But regardless, man, got to dig deep here coming into these next few games. Um, if you're tuning in on Spotify you wanna and if you're not already watching on video, you can go ahead and click that now. That's uh, another new cool feature that Spotify does offer when you're listening to podcasts. But um, if you look over here at the, at the Premier League table, we currently sit in 8th. Um, and we're level, like I mentioned earlier on the pod, we are level on games played with Wolverhampton. Um, they have 40 points. We have 39. So we're just a point behind seventh. We're three now, um, behind Arsenal with two games or not, excuse me, one game in hand. Um, Arsenal does over us. That is, um, and then West Ham and Man United lurk ahead with 42 and 46 points respectively. So things are not going to get any easier folks because, um, Out on the horizon we have some tough games ahead we still have to play uh manchester united um speak of the devil we actually do have to play them in a few weeks um, on the road at old trafford so that's always not an easy fixture no matter what the circumstances are but there's some tough games coming up jacob and and you have to feel like this game not only is it one of the easier i think situations that we could be in within the next few weeks but I feel like now just because we we lost against Burnley, it just makes the three points even more important this weekend.
1: No, 1,000%. These are, again, two games I was looking at, automatic six points. Again, if it doesn't happen, that's just too many compounding mistakes, too many compounding bad results leading to us straggling at the end of the season and and being desperate for points. And I think that's what we're going to see at this point. I just want to finish above Arsenal. That's kind of where my hope is. Finish above Arsenal. If we get Europa, that's cool too. I think Europa's fair. A yeah. fair, you know. At this point, I'll take fifth. And if we finish above Arsenal, that, that's my hope. Um, but again, dude, not even Norwich City has conceded as many goals as Leeds United. Not even Norwich City, bro. Played the same amount of games. Norwich City sitting at the bottom. So for me, this is screaming we have to go out there bag four or five goals on these dudes. Yeah, That's just got to be what it is. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I bet Leeds is going to come out and give us a hell of a game. We'll probably win like 2-1, some shit like that. You know what I mean? That's that's my honest prediction. I know we ain't doing predictions, but it just kind of came out. God, dude, this team, no team gets scored on the most in the Premier League. This is a game you have to go score a bunch of goals. This team lets you. They're, they allow it. Got to step up, got to perform,
0: got to be the dudes, got to be the gotta men, di- got to dig deep, man. Because, like I said, picture us in a giant hole and we have the shovel in our hands. We are literally just yeah. digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Can we start to climb out of this hole starting on Saturday against Leeds? We have Leeds on Saturday, then Myrtlesboro. Um, I believe on Tuesday, I think, or Wednesday, I forget, but it's next week in the FA Cup. So a lot of tough, tough fixtures coming up, a lot of valuable points to be earned um, because it's it's only going to get tighter and tighter for the race for top four. And this is usually the, the start of the period of the season where the real contenders are separated from the from the pretenders, fakers, if you will, yeah, the pretenders. the pretenders, the contenders, and the pretenders are separated right here, folks. Will Tottenham be a pretender? Or are we going to be a contender? Only time will tell. And it's, uh, but it's going to be a tough road ahead, regardless. So, um, you asked me yesterday, we're contenders. You asked me today,
1: feels like we're
0: pretenders. I think we're somewhere in the middle, man. Unfortunately, a pretend we're just kind of dangling in the in the abyss of nothingness, in between pretenders and contenders. Do you want to go to hell, heaven, or purgatory? Right now we're in purgatory. Exactly. For sure. For sure. Uh you have any final thoughts before we sign off? Final thoughts. We're going to be pretty consistent with a few
1: other thoughts. Uh, we're going to need some big dicks showing up to Ellen Road. Not None of these scared little cold boys in the rain. Also, I love Youngman's son. Uh, I love Christian Romero. This is most unfortunate I'm still hurting right now. We, yeah, we normally I'm don't record. Side. Normally losses, we don't record right after.
0: No, we usually record the day after just because <laughs> we do fucking, fucking want to. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. But you know what? We're bringing it to you the day of. Give you a Fuck little bit it. more we raw emotion. Yeah, this is My final thoughts, uh, just
1: fast forward. Let's oh, just we, we, we need leaves. to continue
0: the tradition. I forgot. I'm sorry. Instead of final thoughts, remember, what is your one Final thought before we sign off. I did it on the live stream yesterday with the rest of the boys, too I'm trying to keep the the tradition alive. What's your one final thought today, Jacob? Hugo Lloris I'm sorry
1: For the things you have to put up with but I think you're Hugo daddy You're the only reason That we can contend half the games we play in And I'm sorry For what you have to deal with and the stress that you have to feel. Because at a man your age, with all the accolades you got, you don't need to be dealing with this bullshit. But he's here and he's fully coys, So I love him for that. And just want to say we're here for you. On United Spurs of America podcast. We Hugo, we're here for you. What's your final thought? Parting final, final parting? Parting final thought?
0: My final thought? ditch the shovel and start getting the ladder to climb out of this hole that we're in. True. So I'm going to leave you with this picture. There are one of two ways it can go this weekend at Leeds. We can either keep digging with the shovel. Remember, we're, we're a cockerel on a ball on the bo- at the bottom of a hole. It's about 20 feet deep right now, so it's a pretty deep fucking hole. Damn, 20 feet. Damn. Eighth place is a deep hole, my friend, especially when your expectations should be making top four.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So picture this. It can go two ways this weekend. We can either pick up this shovel and keep digging, or we can ditch the shovel and start climbing out of the hole. So I'll leave you with that. That is my one final thought. Also want to give a shout-out to Faraz and Pete, our two sponsors of the podcast. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor and would like to support – through any means financially, one dollar to ten dollars, it doesn't matter. Go ahead and click the link down below, anchor.fm slash United Spurs of America. Join our Patreon in there. All you have to do is click on support. Quiz, quo, 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 and the rest is history. Um kois, but kois, yeah, kois. shout out for Oz and Pete. Thank you so much yeah. for sponsoring us. We appreciate it. Um and then also if you're here from the Tottenham away live streams and you've found yourself um over here on the podcast side of things of the United Spurs of America channel Um, Thank you so much for the support over there. And if you haven't checked us out yet on the Tottenham Way YouTube channel, we do live streams every single Tuesday. So go check us out over there. It's at uh, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if you're listening or watching in America. And uh, it is 7.30 p.m. UK time um, if you're listening from across the pond. Um, But regardless, please stay tuned on there. Um, We do have Leeds United this weekend and then Middlesbrough next week in the FA Cup. We will be talking to you following the um, Leeds United game, either on Saturday or Sunday. We'll figure it out on the uh, timing side of things. But until then, stay safe. Thank you so much for listening to another United Spurs of America podcast episode. But until then, we will see you next time. Stay safe and stay sexy. Stay safe, stay sexy. Up the lads and Jacob. Come on, you Spurs! For the love of God! Voice, 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 We'll see you next time.